Good morning, everybody, and welcome to episode 175 of the Ask the Coach show, where ping skills helps you improve your table tennis. A flying disc used in ultimate frisbee weighs 175 grams. Today, we're going to discuss the drop shot off a lob since it's Technique Tuesday. We'll also talk about a controversial point in the final of the World Cup, and in the questions, we'll talk about the perfect training partner, black spots on the rubber, and how Ding Ning does her famous reverse tomahawk serve. I'm Jeff Plum, and as always, Supercoach Alloys Rosario is here with me to answer your questions. Welcome, Alloys. Uh, thank you, Jeff. Uh, and uh, yes, another another beautiful day here in Melbourne. Yes, um, it's great, isn't it? Spring weather. Um, yeah, looking forward to a great show as well, Alloys. Technique Tuesday it is today. So um, why don't we just get straight into that? Tell us a bit about the technique you need to use against when you're playing a drop shot off a lob. Yeah, so it, it's a it's an interesting shot because it's not a shot that you play have to play a lot, but when someone's lobbing to you, you know, and often you're smashing, and they might be quite a good lobber, or um, you just find that you're getting a little bit frustrated with your smashing. So in that situation, a drop shot can be really useful. So to do that drop shot, what you need to do is firstly, wait for the ball that that is quite short on your end of the table. So if the ball's really long, deep and near your end line, it's hard to do a drop shot from there. So wait until one of the lobs you can see is landing a bit shorter, closer to the net. Then you need to take the ball really early off the bounce. So as soon as it bounces on the table, you need to be contacting the ball. If you let the ball come up too high, then it's hard to keep the ball low on the other side of the table. So that's the next thing. So take it nice and early and have a really soft hand when you're doing it. So by having a soft hand, you'll be able to absorb some of the speed. And the final little trick that really helps is just put a little bit of side spin on the ball. So you know, we um, we often say don't don't use too much side spin when you're playing um, it, with your basic shots. But with this one, the little bit of side spin helps to stop the ball and uh, keep it short. So if you put top spin on it, it's going to tend to kick um, a little bit further and uh, move towards your opponent. You want the ball to stop and drop close to the net on their side. So that's the real key. So, um, yeah, give it a try. It's, it's, it's good fun. Um, and, you know, smashing the lobs always fun. So uh, throw in um, a little bit of drop shot practice and, uh, and you'll really enjoy it. All right. Great tips there, Alice. I like that. So just to recap, take the ball early if you're going to play a drop shot and preferably off one that's landing closer to the net. Um, use soft hands and then try and add a little bit of side spin. And as Aloy said, get out there on the table, give it a go. Have um, a practice session where you try something new. You'll have some fun and you might learn a thing or two. All right, good one, Aloys. Now, um, let's just uh, switch pace a little bit. Tell me what happened on this day in history, Aloys. This day in history, well, uh, it was 1973, Jeff, and... uh, it was the opening of the Sydney Opera House. So a very famous landmark here in Australia. And I think it's, it's, all, it's quite iconic um, with Australia. Um, so the Sydney Opera House opened by the Queen herself in 1973. So that, what's that? 
45 years ago. Man, that's a long time. Uh, 42. That's why you don't 42. Do yes, sorry, 42 years ago. <laughs> wow, yes. Okay. Well, maybe I'll have to even put a picture of the opera, a link to a picture of the opera house in the show notes in case anyone hasn't seen the opera house. Yeah, very funny looking building. Very funny. And uh, I think the architect sort of disappeared after um, it was going up. So, yeah, and, but it's still standing. Yeah. Um, so the roof is meant to look like sails, I believe, because it's right on the harbour. All right. Good. Um, yeah. I like that, Alois. That's a great segment. We must keep it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Yesterday's Pink Seals question of the day was, who can break the Chinese domination? Alois, do we have anybody that thinks this can happen? Um, well, yes. Yeah, so, uh, Sohab said, uh, I say the Koreans can do so or the Japanese. Um, uh, Vladimir suggests uh, perhaps another change of the rules might do it. Uh, <laughs> we uh, tried the larger ball. We've tried something else. Yes. Um, you did have a secret tactic. I'll put a link to I that did. in, in the show notes. If anyone wants to see, Alois knows a solution. So go to our blog, yeah, exactly. check out the show notes and watch Alois's secret tactics to beat the Chinese. That's right. And so Razan said uh, Germany and Ahmed said uh Japan and Syria, hmm, yeah. And uh, Trevor Hirth suggested perhaps the Martians. So uh, I think he might be closest to the truth there. Exactly, yeah. Come uh, on, but, Martians. Uh, yeah, Nigel Nigel also said on, uh, on the blog, he said, uh, let's face it, nobody. It will take a quantum leap in sports science and a set of individuals with a focus and desire to surpass the Chinese. Their strength and in depth, and I assume their grassroots participation Gives them a huge pool to choose from. I don't remember the World Championships even getting a mention on the news in the UK, so it certainly won't be anyone from over here, says Nigel over in the UK. What about Paul Drinkle? Yeah, Drinkle's, yeah, he's, he's good, but I don't know. Can't see him beating two Chinese players. Yes, indeed. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, let's, let's hope the Martians come. You know, Alois, I always thought it would be a pretty exciting day when the Martians finally arrive, don't you? Uh, yes, Jeffrey, I think it would. Mm. <laughs> it would. It would certainly be exciting. It would break up your normal routine, you know. So, you know, I'm just waiting for the Martians to come. Well, just let's hope that they've been watching ping skills and they've got a few skills to uh, to go along with it. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Moving on to the ping skills question of the day, and it is related. Will anyone get close to Ma Long for the Rio Olympics men's singles title? Mm. So jump onto our Facebook page or our blog and let us know. Will anyone get close to Ma Long for the Rio Olympics men's singles title? All right. Now, in the recent World Cup, Alois, you were watching the match and you found this controversial point it was the first point of the fourth game, yeah, between Ma Long and Fan Zendong in the final. And it was a great rally. And Fan Zendong ended up playing a backhand, which clipped the top of the net and then went over to the side and looked like something happened. And Fan Zendong pointed and wanted the point, but he didn't get awarded the point. What happened there, Alois? Yeah, it, it, is an, it, it is an interesting one. It's a question that has come up 
uh, before on the Ask the Coach questions uh, list. But what happens is that so they're playing they're playing backhand to backhand fast fast fast, and then Fan Zendong hits the ball, hits the net, goes sideways almost, goes over the net, but lands on the top of the net clamp. So even though the net clamp was over the top of the table, so here's the table, the net clamp's on top of the table, and it hit the top of the net clamp, but it didn't actually touch the wood of the table. So that is considered to not have touched the table. And um, so there was a little bit of controversy. So Fan Zendong, because I think he also couldn't see it from where he was, couldn't see that it hadn't actually hit the table and it hit the, the, the clamp on there. But, um, but Ma Long was in a really good position. He was around the side of the table and he saw exactly what happened and he was saying, no, 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 um, didn't hit the table, hit the net clamp. And the umpire got it right. The umpire awarded their point to Ma Long because the ball didn't actually hit the table. It hit the top of the net clamp. So, uh, yeah, inter- interesting, uh, interesting rule and interesting decision. Yeah, certainly is, Alois. Um, that's, uh, yeah, very interesting. I'll put a link to that as well. Um, and excuse me for one second, Alice. I'm going to sneeze. Oh, no. Oh, they, this, this could take a while. When Jeffrey starts sneezing, you never know what's going to happen. <laughs> so, so, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, oh, this is, see, I told you. <laughs> so, um, me. Yeah, def, definitely have a, look at, have a look at the match. If you haven't seen the match between Marlong and Fan Zendong, take a look at that for a start. But, yeah, um, definitely look at that, uh, that first point of the fourth game. Um, very interesting. Uh, very interesting. What happens there? And I mean, these guys. These guys are teammates, and they're rivals, and they're, they're both keen to win. Obviously, which is which is fantastic to see. So they're both, you know, um, stating their claim on uh, on what happened. You know, and it. And I think this is this is going part way to, I suppose, helping promote um, table tennis around the world and. Um, and starting to see the the Chinese players. I mean, we used to just see the Chinese players as, you know, uh, one big um, group that uh, that had that was almost faceless. But uh, now I think um, the ITTF are getting a lot better at promoting uh, the players, promoting the individual characteristics of the players, and it's nice to see them show that emotion and, and show and have that interaction as well um, during the match. So yes, so. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It certainly is. And we talk about the Chinese domination in table tennis, Alois, uh, but I, I like tennis as well. And in tennis, in the past 10 years, there's really only been four players in the men's side who have a realistic chance of winning each of the Grand Slams. You know, Roger Federer, Rafael Nadal, um, Djokovic and Murray. And so... We've had like four Chinese that are capable of winning all the tournaments, and in tennis they got four people. But I guess because they're from different countries, maybe it's not seen as such a, a problem. But I, I think, like you said, if you can sort of um, give personalities to each of those Chinese players, then supporters can get behind one of them and still support them, and and the sport can still be really popular. Yeah, absolutely, and and Ma Long, Ma Long does certainly does have personality and uh, and something that's really promotable too. So, yep, so get onto it. Absolutely. All right, let's have a look at some of the questions. First up from Ilya using the Google Plus Q and A app. He says, "Suppose that a long 
fast, flat serve is coming to your forehand hitting zone and the serve is below the net string, is it possible to power loop it? What is the correct contact point on the ball in this case? Yeah, so it definitely is uh, possible to power loop it. So if it's a long, fast serve, at some stage the ball is going to be, you know, up around net height or or above it. Um, But even if it isn't, by using strong topspin, you can lift the ball up and down and get it down quickly uh, while still generating a lot of power. So so that's really important that you generate a lot of topspin on the ball when you're playing uh, with that power. So uh, that's that's the key. And yes, definitely, if the ball's long and fast, you can definitely power loop it. So as far as the contact point, take it as early as you can, take it as high as you can, so at the highest point if you can, and then brush so depending on how much you need to lift it, um, either brush straight over the top of it or if you need to lift it a little bit more, you can brush a little bit more uh, behind the ball to get it up and down quicker. But, yeah, go for it. Use your, use your strong topspin off that long, fast um, serve. Yeah, and the power loop, as Ilya is calling it, is really just an extension of the, of the normal loop alloy, so, um, but just maybe changing the bat angle. And to hit it faster, you just need to get your bat moving through faster while still maintaining that brushing contact. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, loop and topspin are very interchangeable terms. You know, we, we often talk about um, the loop as the slower type of ball. So, you know, off a backspin, you talk about the loop. But, um, but some people talk about the loop as the topspin as well. So they're just interchangeable terms. You don't need to worry too much about it. Great. All right, Ilya, hopefully that helps you out. Um, Let us know if you hit some wonderful power loops. Certainly is a good feeling. Next up is a question from uh, Raphael who says, I'm currently a varsity in table tennis in our school. And my question is, what is the perfect training partner for me? Once we competed with other schools, they crushed me because I can't receive the heavy spin serves and their skill is too good. Yeah, so um, so a couple of things here. One is, um, so we talked also talked about, you know, he's, he's probably the best player in his school, um, so he doesn't get a chance to play against better players. So if you're finding that when you go to competitions that um, you're struggling with return of serve... What you need to do as a group is develop your service uh, practice. So develop your serves so that as a group, the whole group then can start to get better at returning serves as well. So um, spend some time with your your teammates, develop your serves, all of you, and, uh, and then that will really help. And then they become a good training partner for you for that particular aspect. But... As far as a perfect training partner, there is none. Um, it's really important that when you're training, if you can, find a variety of training partners because if you're getting the same ball all the time, you just get used to that ball or that type of ball coming. You also get used to um, where they tend to hit the ball. Um, so by having a variety of uh, partners, you start to get a variety of um, experiences, different types of balls, different types of serves, um, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, yeah. So even if you've got a training partner that's, you know, uh, way above you and a lot better than you, um, or you practice with your coach all the time, 
that isn't necessarily ideal. Um, it is. It's also important to get out and practice with um, with different players. Yes, yeah, certainly. And I guess one way to do that, Alois, is to join a table tennis club. Um, you get to meet lots of people who love table tennis, and normally at the club there'll be different levels, and so you'll get a wide variety of styles and players to practice against and compete against. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. Great advice, Jeff, and uh, we always encourage players to get to their club. I mean, um, it's not all that easy to find clubs um, sometimes, but if you do a little bit of a search um, on the internet, you often will find something reasonably close to you. And even if you can get there once a week or once every couple of weeks, um, it, it's useful. Excellent. All right, next up is a question from Tusha who says, my racket's rubber is having some black spots on the edges and centre. What are they? Yeah, um, so it can just be a sign of wear, Tusha. Um, so, um, yeah, so sometimes, you know, you develop black spots on your on your bat or there. And often it's because it's just starting to wear out. So, um, and that's probably time to get a new uh, new rubber. Sometimes, though, some rubbers, especially the, the red rubbers, um, develop black areas where you've got your finger. Um, so I'm not exactly sure why that happens, but that does happen sometimes, and the rubber seems to still be pretty okay. So I suppose the real test is to um, to get your bat and see if that it's slippery um, where those black spots are, and if it is, then that probably means that it's time to uh, change your rubber. Great. All right. Thanks for the question, Tusha. Next up is a question from Yap, who says, Alois, how does Ding Ning do the reverse tomahawk serve? And does Ding Ning need a special table tennis bat to do that serve? Uh, no, she uses her just her regular run-of-the-mill table tennis bat. But the serve is incredible. If you haven't seen Ding Ning serving, the reverse serve, it's quite incredible. So she throws the ball up. It's a big wind-up. She's down really low, and then she comes through, and instead of hitting the ball with that side of the racket, she comes through and hits it with that side of the racket um, to get the reverse tomahawk effect. So um, a couple of things. One is she gets really low, so she bends down, so he, she crouches down, so she's in a squat position on the floor when she actually contacts the ball. She has a very big wind-up, so that helps to generate the speed that she requires to contact the ball fast and generate a lot of spin. So that's the second thing. And then the third one is that the action is very, very fast, so it can be there or it can be there. And only at the very last second do you see which side of the racket she's going to hit the ball with, so that or that. So... um, yeah, really, really special serve. And uh, Kenta uh, Matsudaira from Japan also does it. And I suppose he's the one that made it really famous to start off with. But, um, but yeah, Ding Ning uh, utilises it magnificently and it's uh, such an effective serve. It's interesting, Alice, because often when a new player comes along and does a serve that's effective, uh, a lot of people start doing that serve. So... The reverse pendulum serve now is pretty common. The punch serve is starting to become more common. Why do you think it is that the reverse tomahawk serve has sort of stayed with just a few players and hasn't sort of spread throughout uh, the top table tennis players? 
It's, it's a difficult serve, and it's a difficult serve to keep short as well. So um, it suits Ding Ning's game because she she hits it very fast and uh, most of the time it's going long, but then she's in the rally and she and she can cope with that speed. Um, if you're doing the reverse tomahawk serve and it goes long and it's slow, then it's easy for the other person to attack. So you need to have a good counter counter attack to be able to um, to to play that ball. So I think that's probably one of the one of the reasons. Um, yeah, it's 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 a complex serve. Yeah, there you go. All right, we'll give give it a try if you're interested in it. Yap, um, it's always good to experiment around and and see if it suits your game and see if you can get some good variation between the normal tomahawk and the reverse tomahawk. Great question. All right, Alois, that wraps up show 175. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Make sure you go to pingskills.com and sign up for our free newsletter and get involved with the show by answering Pingskills' question of the day either on our blog or on our Facebook page. We will see you again tomorrow. Thank you, Alois. Thanks, Jeffrey, and I'm off to the Apple store to try and get my laptop fixed. It's all bung. doesn't work. Get it fixed. See you later and hopefully the...